I think today we should start with you. You had a flurry of questions yesterday. Yes. So yeah. we'll do the same thing. You know, we can start wherever from the book rather than uh, uh, go through one at a time. Let's start wherever, any page that you want to let us know what you what struck you and we can kick off the discussions from there and take it forward. So basically, you know, uh, this chapter five talks about who am I? Typically, you know, I mean, are we, we are ignoring, what it talks is uh, we are ignorant about ourselves. So what are we? Are we the body? Are we thinking? Are we like, are we our sense organs? What we feel, what we you know, see? We feel what we see, or uh, are we our mind? Are we the intellect? That's what the couple of things that came up in our discussion yesterday, you know. We were pointing out like the mind or the intellect. So, how is the mind different from the intellect? Are we the awareness? And actually, it comes to the conclusion that we are the awareness. What we, um, what, uh, um, what, what do you say? What we conclude, uh, you know, from all our experiences, what we come to understand, and uh, that, that's what I mean. Understand that's what this uh, it is. I guess I mean, we are the awareness. Uh, can the rest of us who are not speaking, can we all mute our mics so that we can... Uh... You can't hear me? We can hear you, but Rajesh, you yourself have gone on mute, I think. Yeah, we can hear you, Sonali. I have gone on mute. So his awareness is limitless. So this was the basically the gist of the chapter, the headlines of the chapter. So we can, you know, during our deliberations today, we can go in deep in this. So my question was yesterday, as I put it in the um, WhatsApp group, like if we are the awareness, that's what it concludes at the end that we are the awareness. If we are the awareness, so is how true is our awareness? Is it what we are aware or what we are made to aware? You know, so a lot of times, especially if we are seeing something ourselves directly, definitely we are aware of it. But often these days, a lot of things are happening elsewhere. 
you know, elsewhere uh, in the world. And we are made to aware of it either through media or through friends and family or relatives, whoever is there witnessing that event or that fact. So my question or dilemma is what if that person is lying? You know, and we are made to aware of something that is not true, that is false. So as that kind of shapes you who you are today or who you are at that moment or at that time or that particular period. You know, what you're thinking, what you're feeling, how your mind is working. So it's dependent on what you are made, made aware of. So that was, uh, you know, and then I had the question like, often our, our, what we witness is quite, you know, limited these days, what we see or what we feel. Most of the time we are dependent on what others make us aware of. So how is that relevant into this world of who am I? Okay, anybody wants to answer from your understanding? Yeah, no, I, I can, uh, I can try this. So, uh, Sonali, the, the, what others um, say, right? Whether it's, it's a truth or lie, or, or what you hear from different sources or what you see, those are still objects of awareness, right? They are, they don't define the awareness itself. They are what the awareness is aware of. So it is still an object. So anything that you describe, anything that you're able to describe, saying I heard this or I saw that, anything um, uh, even that comes to mind as a thought, because you're you're able to see it it's an object of awareness so it cannot be as long as you're able to perceive it that cannot be the subject because that is the object of perception and the, the perceiver will be different than that right so um so it is hard to explain what awareness is and that's why even in the text uh, you will see the approach of what awareness is not and when going step by step by uh, by ruling out what is not it doesn't want to give it to you directly because it's it's indescribable and hence by ruling it out we are supposed to kind of realize it ourselves what it is because the moment we're able to describe it then it becomes an object and hence it cannot be that so uh, to add on to what kishore said right I think you know if you look if you look at uh, if you look at the the uh, the second para in in the book right the who am I it says clearly right so it, it says that you know you can you can have many kinds of knowledge coming through either directly or indirectly okay you you can see something and you can get some knowledge in your mind somebody can tell you saying that you know uh chicago looks like this and then you imagine how chicago would look like but you don't know whether it's going to look like exactly the way the person described or not unless you go there and see it for yourself right but you got to verify that's what it says now the uh, what what the book is stating in this is that it's stating uh a truth which at this point of time it could be a hypothesis for us okay and the truth is that you are simple awareness even with the objects 
or without the objects, you exist as awareness. Okay, so that's what it says. I can add to it a little bit as well. So Sonali, in your example, when somebody gives you a certain piece of information, it's your mind that's processed it, right? So it is the awareness of the mind. I'm using the word aware again, or it is the understanding of the mind, which may be right or wrong. But awareness is that your mind understands, right? Whether it's a right piece of information or correct piece of information or incorrect piece of information, it's the function of the mind, but awareness is not the mind. So you need to distinguish, you're right. So, so that thing is not, uh, whether the information is correct or incorrect is not defining the awareness. It's defining the mind. The mind may have correct knowledge or incorrect knowledge, but you are the awareness through which the mind can understand. So you need to, just, you, you need to separate these two things. That's what I'm unable to separate. Yesterday in our discussion, awareness kind of at the end concluded to, you know, mind and intellect. What are you aware of? What are you, what are you aware of? Suppose certain, certain something happens somewhere. Okay, what, what are you aware of? You are aware of whatever your mind tells you or whatever your intellect, you know, defines it. What it's trying to say is awareness enables the mind to understand. So, example, I'll give you another example. Yeah. Go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. Sorry. Your example only where the light can't do anything till an electricity comes in, right? Hmm. So, the, so, the electricity is the one which is. So, the awareness is giving that power to the mind to understand something. That understanding can be right or wrong, but it's the, it's the, what we are interested in is what is enabling that mind. That is the awareness. In for lack of any other word, we are referring to that as the awareness, um, okay. or you can call it power. Okay. But yeah. they're using the word awareness also because when you are, you are aware of your ignorance also. I don't know. Who says that? It's not, it's, it's, what is making you aware of that? That I didn't know when I was asleep, what happened? Right? So just try to try to spend some time on this, that the mind and the awareness, they're trying to describe are two different things. And it is saying that awareness is not mine. Go ahead, Rajesh, sorry. Uh, sorry, you know, and then also, the chapter, um, I, uh, you know, I was trying to confuse the, uh, I mean, I understood the awareness as the, the typical English of awareness and here, you know, awareness is being referred so as for lack of any other word, something that, you know, all encompasses, you know, That's why, you know, 
nothing like you know your uh, like your awareness and my awareness you know in a that is based on my intellect my mind how it has processed and so on and yours is different and hence we'll say that your awareness is different from mine but whereas i think in this case if we are if, if i consider was uh, you know all encompassing the universe then uh, there is only one awareness actually i mean there's nothing like your awareness and my awareness. correct me if i'm wrong is my understanding right wrong absolutely right i'll give you another example right so here is the thing so let's say that you you know there is this sun and let's say you have got 10 pots okay 10 different pots one pot is crystal clear water taken from manasarovar lake the other other end of the spectrum is taken from yamuna near agra okay and then you have gradations now think about the reflection of the sun in each of these pots right it's going to be different based on the quality of the pot of water do you all agree to that yeah okay now the, what the if you make this analogy of sun as the word awareness that has been used in the in the textbook okay that sun is just one sun in 10 different parts but each part part a which is the manasarovar lake water that is so crystal clear that you know if you put a coin inside it's able to show that there is a coin inside but when you go to that you know other uh, uh, water from yamuna at agra you can't even make out so basically the understanding that you have uh, of the or the reflection of that of that light the sunlight is based on this what the quality of the medium is okay and when i now now you you know in this analogy you re replace this analogy of parts with each one of us each one of us is a medium okay we have a certain medium the water is clear not clear based on how good bad or uh, how uh, muddied our mind or our intellect is okay and but it is still reflecting that right so when you are aware of some event what's happening is that reflection that original sun that intelligence is helping your your pot okay pot which is you to huh. understand that particular event and how would you understand it you would understand it the way that you are built all right but that thing is still there that thing is not changed amongst the parts and you cannot understand anything if that thing is not being reflected in you you understand what i'm saying now so think of it this way so mind is a medium okay when i say mind i'm using the word loosely and i know you asked a question mind and intellect how is it different we'll take that but mind is a medium all right so if you say that the hand is intelligent today you know hand can't make out anything by hand itself you know you see fire you, if if you don't have mind you'll go and touch the fire correct so this is dumb where does this get its intelligence from from the mind the mind knows because mind has got some database it knows oh fire danger don't touch it right where does that intelligence behind that come where does the wisdom saying that okay how does the mind know the mind knows because that original source which is the awareness whether it is associated the mind or not associated it is there that is what all the entire upanishads gita says that that is there and the most important challenge is that is there and it says that that is you 
when we say that that is you, I go back to what Alpana was saying, you know, I suddenly sound like Nityananda is what she said, right? Actually, you know, you're not getting, you're not getting to analyze that in this, in this stage right now, but they're just introducing saying that we are mistakenly assuming that we are this body, this mind, this intellect, this sense organs. And when we mistakenly assume that, then we live our life saying that this is my life. This is what I need to do because this is what is good for me. So Can the whole I... Ita... Yeah, go ahead. Sorry. No, no, no. Sorry, you finish. I couldn't find this raise my hand on my phone. I saw it yesterday, but I couldn't. But I'll tell you after I fin you finish. Finish. So the whole idea what Gita is saying is, Sonali, you have a very, very important point saying that, you know, I can't figure out that that is, I am that awareness. The answer is the whole spiritual path is for us to understand and change, change our vision from saying that if I say, if I ask you today, who are you, Sonali, you'll give me a list of attributes about yourself. Okay. I'm female. I live in Kolkata. I've done PhD. Da, 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 you tell me. Okay. But those are all describing who, who you, you as a, person is but you know behind that there is somebody right who knows that they have done all these things who knows who's that that's the question so uh right now you said sun is the awareness like the example you gave sun that the yes. sun exists out there that's the awareness yes But in terms of who those spots are, okay, so one part is clear, the other part is somewhat muddy, the other part is not so muddy. So the force asks themselves, who am I? So what would you say? I am what, uh, you know, I am a pot of muddy water, I am a pot of clear water. Okay, or I would say how much sun I reflect, how much sun I reflect. Yeah. That's a great point. Okay. If the pot, if the pot had intelligence, the pot will say, I am the sun. But the pot doesn't have that intelligence. The only so human the beings have the capacity to distinguish that. Only humans have the capacity to distinguish that. See, the very fact that you're asking this question shows that we are capable of that discrimination. When I say discrimination, the ability to think through what is right, what is wrong. But I'm very confused. As a person, suppose there are seven parts, um, like you said, you know, and the sun is there, sun is, one is reflecting uh, and the others are not. But if I go to actually describe who those spots are, what would I describe? I would describe one that is reflecting uh, sun clearly and the other that is not reflecting sun clearly. So that's what defines who those spots are. Okay. Uh, uh, Rajesh, may I suggest something? So in this, because this is a very uh, complex topic and the fact it's going to be hard for us to explain what this is, shall we try the same thing as what, how the book has uh, handled it? In the sense, if we start by saying, uh, if we say, hey, are we the body? Uh, and then are there any questions related to that? And then go to the, you know, are we the sense organs or are we the mind? So we can we can see if there are questions related to that, and slowly walk 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 that same path as the what the book has done. Great idea, Kishore. But but before that, I think we have to give uh, Anupama a chance 
because she's been wanting to ask a question for the group here. So Please. I just want to go back to what Satya said. You know, he said that, I mean, correct me if I'm wrong, Satya, if my understanding of what you said was not exactly what I'm going to say. Are we getting limited to define what awareness is because we are trying to define it with a word or what our perception is through a certain language, whether it's English, Canada, Hindi, whatever it is. And hence, we already have a preconceived notion of what a single word is, and we've made a form to it. And we are trying, it's a bit like trying to define infinity when you're young. We don't know what infinity is, but we're trying to define it. And hence, there's a huge, um, huge difficulty in trying to understand what infinity at a certain point in our lives. But afterwards, as we do math and we just say infinity, we're willing to accept that we cannot define it. But we know what it might be. Or rather, I mean, that sounds very contradictory, but you know what I'm <laughs> trying to say. And so is it, is it something like that that we're trying to do, to say what awareness is without actually not saying what it is, but we are trying to say what it's not? And we're not saying it's 5 million, trillion, whatever it is, or it's gigabytes or whatever. Or, but we're trying to say what it's not, and hence by inference, trying to find out what it is. Am I right? Actually, that's, that's absolutely right. And that's what Kishore was also trying to say. He was saying, when you look at the book, the book actually says, you're not this, not this, not this, not this, not this. And finally, when you break down all the things that you're not, what remains is what that. Remains. Okay. What remains is that. Okay. And I read a beautiful example of this, right? Like, you know, the, the method, what these books, you know, Upanishads or scriptures use is a very convoluted method. Okay. And the way that they explain it is, let's say that there are 10 people standing there and you want to point out to somebody, let's say Mr. X. Okay. Let's call it Kishore. Okay. You want to point out who Kishore is in the 10 people. The, rather than book telling, you know, that person is Kishore with the blue t-shirt. The book says, it's, it's the it's not those three women it's not this person who is four feet tall okay and it it'll say not 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 and nine people it'll eliminate like that and then what remains the tenth person remains so the Upanishads also the Gita also says exactly the same thing it says you're not your body the physical body the flesh and blood you're not your mind you're not your intellect who are you then you know by automatically who you are if you go through that path. That's the path that it takes, which Anupam was also explaining this. Right. Unfortunately, the awareness doesn't come in blue t-shirt, right? <laughs> <Yeah>. So, um, <laughs> so um, maybe this other example, I, we kind of briefly spoke about and this helped me greatly to understand this also. Uh, the example is that of um, um, a clock, right? So just like, uh, you know, to see the time pass uh, uh, by and to see the what is the current time and how much time has passed since uh, a certain event occurred, you need, you know, a clock needs a, a clock phase, which is kind of static, does not change at all. And then the, the clock hands can move in relation to that. So only when there is movement in relation to something static, we can see the difference, right? Now, if you keep, if you accept that principle, now, if we apply that to our own lives, where we see that, you know, we 
know ourselves that was um like as a as a as a young adult or as a child and then in in our um uh you know our 20s and 30s and what have you right so we know that there was something constant even though our body has changed our mind has changed our intellect has changed everything has changed and even how we um associate ourselves with i am i am so and so i work here i am i am the father of so and so and all that us also changed has evolved over all this time but there is still something which remains the same isn't it we we can feel it that i was the same person that was you know 10 years ago or 20 years ago so what is that static um that remains same even though everything else is changing so just keep that in mind as as yet another metaphor or an example while we walk through this can i can i found this very useful yes ajay yeah so no I, i've been this is fascinating i mean this is wonderful i mean read just reading the book several times the chapter several times and listening to all your thoughts and i'm just framing it in my head but i i get it i think by elimination you kind of say there is something that's not a b c d e and so we're there uh but tell me vaguely uh is is kind of awareness sometimes loosely or otherwise referred to as the soul or the atma it is what it, it, that is exactly what it is yeah yeah so uh, just as you know this analogy i got it somewhere i don't remember from where so just as when you learn a new subject you have to learn new terminology in that subject correct for example today if all of us are triply or engineering guys we got to go learn botany it's going to be difficult for us to learn unless we learn some terms and terminologies okay so the terms and terminologies what this subject uses is referred to as atma in one context paramatma in another context bhagavan in another context uh, purusha in another context what not okay but forget about all those things you think of some principle okay principle as in uh, you know some element okay something think of it as something there that is why it is called that we don't even know whether it is no uh, i mean at this stage in our discussion we don't know whether it's a male female nothing we don't know okay think of it as that some entity is there that is awareness in the book but it's also called atma when it is referred to a living being in the context okay also called as paramatma it's when when we can't understand that we are that same thing but we want to venerate someone we call it as paramatma mm. that's the thing I agree. So I was coming to the same conclusion that you know, what what our awareness is basically our soul, our atma. You know, so what actually we are. Yeah, uh, yeah. I I think the 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 whole point then becomes how do we kind of uh, uh, experience this, right? uh we cannot describe it others cannot describe it to us so this this is the process of kind of trying to understand it or assimilate that for ourselves and because and they didn't choose this uh, uh, this process of elimination just to complicate things right because they couldn't explain it uh, so they figured there must be a different way of uh, explaining it which is the process of elimination 
It's very interesting that they went down that path to kind of describe it in words because it, it cannot be otherwise described. Yeah. In fact, every day in the morning when I wake up, this is probably uh, a side topic. I see a prayer uh, by Adi Shankaracharya called Nirvana Shatakam. Okay. Nirvana Shatakam is uh, six. Shatakam is six. Nirvana Shatakam is six verses describing that thing. Okay. And the last one it says, uh, no, uh, it's called Pratasparanam. Pratasparanam again by Adi Shankaracharya. It's a three shloka, three shloka saying. At the third shloka, it says, Yan neti neti vachanair nigama avocham. Okay, it says that the nigama means uh, Vedas, the agamas, agamas and Vedas, they describe you as not this, not this, not this, not this. That's the only way that we can describe you, it says. I think we are all so tuned to describe something by saying what it is that it's very difficult for us to accept a description of something of what it by saying what it's not. I think we're just all so tuned from like whether it was in class or in life, we're always wanting to define something that it is. And so to not say what it is and then have an understanding becomes hugely challenging for us, I think. And I struggle with it hugely all the time. I just want to say, yes, it is this, not no, it is not, but then you have to infer. It's always reading between the lines that I find hugely challenging. Yeah, just to okay. on that point, I mean, I mean, you all, with, with everything you right, which is fine, but, you know, I'm hoping that how does the awareness interact with a lot of the other things that we discuss? So, so sorry, did I hear hear a question or did I lose you? I think he's buffering. I, I asked. Uh, so while he I... comes back, Rajan and VP, you guys have been silent. No, I've been listening because uh, to me, um, you know, it was a, actually surprisingly um, when I was reading this chapter, the picture that sort of put it together for me was this poster that I had seen growing up where you know, Krishna is all encompassing and you can see rivers, you can see mountains, you can see suns, you can see moon. So, so that's the picture that came to my mind and it's sort of for me became very easy to understand what this chapter is talking about or trying to explain. So like Anu was saying uh, that it is very difficult to describe uh, or it is described for me it's that poster became the play, way to understand this chapter that's an awesome way what you described vp and you know, uh, the first time that i uh, i read the gita right when i went to the chapter which talks about vishwarupa darshana i said man i can't believe so much of depth what our scriptures have in terms of describing something which is undescribable, they have described it here also. And I'm able to understand it, right? You know, I felt so good about it. On a lighter note, you know, I mean, I can imagine Krishna to be so, you know, all-encompassive and so on. But, you know, but in the context of me, you know, I, I can't put myself, I can't visualize myself in that. So I, I'm okay to accept that Krishna being all-encompassive. <laughs> <laughs>
Ajay, you are back. You were uh, you were off for a while, so we just took a digression. You were back. Can you ask what you were asking, so we can my understand. Is, my, my internet is yeah, my internet is struggling. Yeah. carry on, I will fix my connection first. Or you can call in, maybe. Just get get rid of your video and just dial. Uh, get rid of your video. The bandwidth will be better for you. Yeah, that's what I do, Ajay. I'm I my video is off, so I think my audio works much better. I'm just wondering how to switch it up. So at the bottom, scroll to scroll your mouse to the bottom. You'll get a pop up. Yeah, I got it. Okay. Can you hear me now? Yeah, we can hear you. So what I was saying is that you know because this, uh, you know the, the 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 awareness is not something else, but we don't know what it is in a way. The question that comes to my mind is what is that interrelation between awareness and the rest of the things that we've got in this chapter, whether it's body or mind or intellect or other things. Uh, there is, there, there is awareness, but how with the rest of rest of it? Is it like a one way street? Uh, I just I'm just struggling with how 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 the how, how do they interplay with each other? Anyone want to answer? Example that comes to my mind is uh, awareness is like the screen on which the movie plays. So the movie is the sansar. So the, the screen doesn't get wet when you when there is rain in the, in the movie. It doesn't get burnt when there is a fire. Yet, if there is no screen, the movie cannot be seen. Interesting. It is the building blocks. Yeah, really nice. Yeah. Right. And it doesn't act, right? There's no action happening. The screen doesn't do anything other than. Okay. Yeah. So, Ajay, the other example that I recently listened to Swamiji explaining was this. Okay. So, you see my hand now, right? Okay. So, when you see this hand, you are able to see the fingers. So, by, by principle of reflection, you know that thing is reflecting light and you're able to see it in your, in your, in your, through your eyes, correct? Mm -hmm. You agree? Yes or no? Yeah. Between my fingers, between my fingers, is there light or not? Yeah. Okay, but can you see it? No, we can't. Okay. Now I'm just moving this this finger a little to this place where there where there was light, but you can't see. Now can you see the light? It is reflecting, right? Now uh, the finger has just moved a little. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I get that. Yeah. Now do you know how the awareness interacts with the objects? Everywhere, it requires a medium to reflect it. And that medium is our body, it's our mind, 
it's our intellect, it's our ego, it's all that medium. Without that medium, the awareness is not available. Just like without a bulb, the electricity is not available for consumption. Ajay, you were asking something. Sorry, I was speaking when I said. Yeah, I'm, 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 I'm unable to sort of. So the reason I didn't respond to you, Rajesh, was because I couldn't see your hand. Sorry. Another example would about be that. if you take a, you know, so there is a, because this awareness is very, very subtle. So maybe taking example of uh, sky or the space. You know, if you take a pot, what has space in it? We call it in Hindi ghatakash. When you move the pot, does the same space move or pot takes the space where it has moved to? So the, the space is there everywhere. The pot takes the space wherever it is. Right? So that is the that is the link between the awareness and our physical body. Wherever that body moves, it takes the awareness of that place. It's not that there is one-to-one -one linkage between, oh, this awareness belongs to me. That awareness is there everywhere, like a screen, like space. And wherever you, this physical body moves, it takes the awareness of that portion. And that's what I think uh, um, Rajesh was trying to explain using the hand. That it takes the light from that particular part. So that it's there everywhere. But what takes the space where it is at that time? And then you move the pot. It appears that the ghatakash is moving, but it is not. It is taking a new akash from the new location. But can the pot exist without space? No. And, and I think if you refer to, you know, one, one example I had given about the lake and the algae. So algae is born out of the lake. And algae is in green color. It spreads over the lake. It takes the shape of the lake. Now the lake looks like green. So the lake has taken over the property of the algae, whereas it's not linked. So that is how this confusion happens that Atma has taken over some of, or it appears to have taken over the form of the body, whereas it's separate. And similarly, body appears to have taken some of the qualities of Atma, which it is not. The body seems to be doing all the work, but it is the, it is the Atma which is enabling it to do the work. So it's, it's the, con the confusion, this confusion has existed forever that they've taken on each other's character states and, the, and, and since then this confusion has started. Just think over it, you know, over the week um, that yeah. there's something yeah. else to think over, yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm still sort of a lot of questions in my mind about sort of like the Atma has taken over, has, has, has a role in what we do. I don't get that. 
be honest. I mean, I understand the analogies. Uh, water looks I green. The analogies. Water I understand the green. analogies. Yeah. Yeah. But I still don't understand. So I get the word awareness, uh, which is distinct from how we typically use in our daily life. Uh, a lot of it is about information. Uh, so I get the awareness bit, but the awareness, and if the awareness same for everyone, is the sun analogy, right? Now, if it's the same for everyone, then I and are the same or not? I don't know. And so yeah, so the awareness is. is same, but different appliances do different work based upon the appliance. Silence means we are all thinking. So can I digress a little bit? Uh, how, can, is, yeah. how is Atma and Prana? We often, you know, we say like we do something or uh, we think of something because of our pranic energy. Okay, so uh, how is Atma and Prana? Are they the same or are they different? I don't know, maybe it's discussed later. We'll have to, yeah, we'll have to hold that question. For some time it'll be way off the discussion if we uh, answer that right now they are different though so let's go back to what kishore was saying you know so uh, kishore your suggestion was to look at the book was saying in terms of what you are not what you are not make sure that you know we are you're kind of you know agreeing or not agreeing to that and let's do the discussion part of it Right. Let's start with the body, right? I mean, does do, do everyone? If you think about this, uh, if I if as the book says, you are not the body. Do everyone agree with that? Does does everyone agree with that? Yeah. Yes. Yeah, we do agree because you know we are able to clearly see that somebody in the object versus subject. You know, we are able to see that. So you're able to perceive your body, you're able to, when, when you pinch your body, you can feel it, you can see it, obviously. Um, and we also see that um, uh, it's changing uh, for a period of time, right? I, I, another way um, is to, uh, this is something what Buddha uh, realized, which is that, hey, hey, the whole body is so temporal, it's changing. Even what constitutes the body at the minutest level, which is at the cell level, those cells are dying and recreate, uh, new cells are being recreated at a certain interval. So, uh, you know, a few days later, what constituted this body as of right now is not the same, right? So finally, when you break it down all the way uh, to the cell level, to the micro level, also, it's actually different. So how can, what we claim as a body is just at this time, what, it seems like the the amalgamation, the what it seems like the structure, right? The blob right now. Um, another way of looking at it is it's matter, and uh, 
what we eat, what we consume is what uh, the body is, right? So, uh, so yeah, I, in other words, we can easily see that it's matter that gets, uh, uh, and we are able to distinguish that from us, right? So if you were to now go to the next level, right? So uh, if you were to, uh, I think it's the sense organs, isn't it? Right, so. Yeah, yeah, it is the sense organs. So yeah, I just wanted to raise that and, and see if there are any questions there also. I mean, is it clear that we are not the sense organs? Yeah, I think, I think you know, uh, Kishore, there is always a confusion and maybe, you know, the book has probably, I, I don't recall how the book has explained it, but I've always had this confusion, right? So. I'm, uh, it's clear in my mind now, but I'm going to ask this question on behalf of some of you guys who may have this doubt. So when we say sense organs, there are five perceptions, perception sense organs. Okay. The, uh, I'm going to use the words eyes, but they're not, it's not eyes actually. It's the ability to see is one of the perception sense organ. Eyes is just a end point from which the ability to see is actually seeing things like that. Ability to hear, ability to taste, ability to smell, and ability to feel touch. These are the five sense organs that we have. Okay. That doesn't mean, I mean, the skin is the part of the physical body. It's just like a, uh, what do you call it? That uh, uh, probe. It's just like a probe <laughs> sensor. It's like a sensor with senses. But the ability to sense is separate, is within us. Within the within. mind. Yeah. Because sometimes, you know, uh, uh, we hear things even when the ears ears are shut. Okay, don't we, don't we hear that? Don't we hear some sounds? Something. You close your eyes, you can see something. Correct? How can you see it? It's a sense of sight. So what do you uh, say about a blind person? A person yeah. who is unable to see. So he uh, doesn't this because of certain. Uh, it doesn't have the end point. It doesn't have a yeah. It doesn't have an end point. So he doesn't have the ability to see. He doesn't have the ability to see. Correct. So where does awareness come for him? There, he's not aware so, of you know, a lot of things that he's not available uh, able to see. Yeah. So what? So, because he doesn't have eyes, or because he doesn't have the ability to see. I mean, I think it's because. It. He has the ability to see, but he doesn't have the end instrument, end sensor to exhibit that ability. So, for example, I have I have personally known people who have got eye transplants. Uh, uh, you know, they have you know their eye was bad, and they removed a goat's eye and they kept it. Okay, and they connected all those dots and all that internally, and they were able to see. That means the ability to see was there in that person, but something happened to his eye, so they removed that wrong eye, the physical eye. And they put a new eye. They connected that internal whatever, and then he was able to see. That is that yes. is scientific advancement. You know that is scientific advancement. So right now the way it is, the science is, if you have something in your car, some problem with your cornea, you can replace the cornea, and your ability to see comes back. Okay, but if something is wrong with your retina, you cannot see. Retina cannot be replaced. Okay, so your ability to see cannot come back okay so it's like 
so you cannot see. So I mean, uh, but both are blind. So for one person, his ability to see comes back because of scientific advancement, and because cornea is replaceable now, you can replace a cornea. But in other case where the retina is damaged, his ability to see cannot, or uh, you know, certain nerve damages, his ability to see cannot be restored back. So. But for one case, he can not see now, but in the other case, he cannot see now. So where is this awareness? I'm, I'm a little confused now again. So, awareness here. One more way of looking at this, right? So what Rajesh was trying to say is it's a sensor, which is uh, which has gone bad in this case. But if you look at uh, how it works, obviously light comes in through the eyes and then an image is formed inside of it so meaning it's getting perceived inside the mind right so it's when we see retina, something it's on, retina, it's on the retina and the nerves from the retina forms the image some signals the... are being sent yeah and then the images are in the brain and that's how we get the image. so that is correct so there is a mental image that's getting formed inside our minds right based on the light that's come in so it's that ability to perceive Right, which is which is in our mind, which is what the when we say sense organs, that's the part that we are talking about. The, the, the part that perceives, not the part, the physical part that receives, which is a sensor, but inside it's uh, the once the signals are getting uh, once the signals have got in, it is getting converted into a mental image. And that that process is what we are talking about. Adding to what Kishore is saying, it could also be, can you hear me? Yeah. Okay, adding to what Kishore is saying, it also could be that when we create an image, whether it's with our eyes shut or eyes open, we are relating it to something which is in our awareness physically. So it could be because of a prior experience, it could be because of a description somebody has said, it could be because of an image that we have construed from based knowledge and prior experiences. So even if whether it's the retina or the cornea that has impaired our physical sight, you are actually continuing to make an image with your experiences, with your prior knowledge, with maybe things that you are association, associating it with something else that you have within your life right now, and then creating an image. And that is, I think, what we are trying to or I'm trying to make reason off to kind of make get a better an understanding of what the sense organs are. So this ability to see is different from being able to see. Another example would be blind people do dream. They do yes, see the dream. and that is because of a preconceived imagery that you create in your head. And Sonali, it reverses reverse is also interesting for us to observe, right? For example, if I'm just kind of you know uh, uh, arguing not against science, but arguing the the one of the fallacies that science stops, right? You know, in in what you were saying was you know if, you know you talked about retina and cornea, and the cornea is damaged, you cannot see and all that, okay? But assume that everything was perfect and we removed that eye out. Do you think that eye is able to see, independent of the person that means the ability no. to see is not in the eye isn't it also whatever is the in inside we don't see everything yeah? so 
the light goes in we don't notice everything also so what i am saying is being aware of everything you don't Correct. see everything right right often it happens you know there is something right there and you know the person is saying it's right there but you're not seeing it yeah you're not seeing it because your that's when because your mind is not working to see it so, you know so that's, that's exactly it's exactly the problem what we have that is the muddy part that's the clear water part depending on the gradations what we have we don't see the real real world the way it is we see it because you have got that lens that lens is this thing this mind this body that that lens we see it always yeah that's, that's wonderful uh, let me jump in here with whatever little understanding i have about this topic um, it's it's i can bet that it is way 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 lower than what you guys have you know uh, understood and uh, whatever you guys have narrated based on your understanding so i'll take it uh, to uh, a very different uh, way of uh, uh, maybe this will throw some other perspective uh, his uh, teaching meditation to the common man the lowest level uh, people who are very very you know uh, not educated and can you can you please turn off your video because your voice is getting choppy okay so uh, um, most uh, in the discussion whatever we have uh, mostly we have touched upon the body and the mind right most of the time mm -hmm. and uh, sadguru's way of uh, Uh, teaching meditation to the common man is you know he just asks you to sit down at one place and chant this i'm not the body i'm not even the mind mm -hmm. yeah that's his way of i do not know how many people have uh, been to his uh, sessions and his method of teaching meditation this we are just uh, uh, we have been asked just to chant these two sentences yeah so uh, and this is for the common man not elevated uh, souls the learned people like us so what does he try to attempt here is he trying to uh, make people aware of themselves or take to take them to a level where you know there is shunya there is nothing i mean uh, awareness is all gone and uh, how does this help ultimately to the common man how does it help uh, you and me and people still you know find lot of solace lot of lot of happiness out of all this how does it help how does uh, not understanding the body not understanding even the mind right how does all this help amazing questions amazing questions um Yeah, Rajesh, you are you are about to jump in as well. You you can. I'll, I'll hold off my thoughts. But no, yeah, very, I was very just good thinking. Person. I was thinking. Go ahead. Okay. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I I know we'll be jumping ahead if we go into that uh, into that meditation part, but I will say this: that um, meditation will help 
it's probably the only way, uh, at least from what I, I have seen, to to kind of even fathom this uh, concept, right? So by saying that you're not the body and you're not the mind, I think what in Sadhguru's meditation, what uh, he is trying to do is to try to get into the subconscious because when you are meditating and when you are silent for a certain period of time, mind has calmed down. It is able, it's more receptive to information at that point. And by repeating this, he's trying to get that into our, into the uh, people's subconscious, right? Their own subconscious that, hey, uh, you know, because this is, um, it's going to be fundamental to understanding, to going beyond, right? So uh, to say that you're not the body uh, or you're detached, you're, you're different from the body and you're different from the mind. And to be, uh, able to understand that in the deepest of subconscious is, is necessary, right? Now, uh, that I, I'm obviously assuming that, that he may be doing this, uh, uh, do, doing that as part of this. So I've not uh, been to any Sadhguru meditation, but yes, uh, this is part of a standard process that we'll have to, we'll be going through in meditation, um, uh, at least the Vedantic meditation. To, to kind of break it down and go one level deeper at a time, right? So you start with the body um, and see what the body is for what it is. And then claim that it is not me because, you know, I'm able to perceive you. And then go in and then reach the next level and so on. I'm not going to go into details, but I'm just saying that that is a method by which we can um, kind of assimilate this, right? So one thing is this discussion that we are having where uh, it's at the knowledge level it's academic level right but one level deeper is for us to understand or to assimilate that information and that can only be had in my opinion when we actually kind of experience it during meditation for instance so there is a path for it there is a method to uh, um, to doing this as well so i think uh, i can add uh, one or two things here. So, how does it help? And to you know, say similar to what Kishore said, like, how does it help? I think it helps us in the process of detachment. You know, we are so consumed and you know, preoccupied with our body or our sense organs. So, once we think that we are not our body or our sense organs or our mind, then it helps in the process of detachment, and which helps in I think in our day to day life. When you're so attached, uh, you know, to something or somebody, that kind of has a negative effect on your life. So once it helps you learn the process of detachment, that you know, okay, what is there is there is an object, but I'm, you know, I need not be very obsessed or engrossed with that. I can be separate from that, and I can detach myself from that. That exists in its own place, and I exist in my own place. Number one, that, and then number two, I think it helps us to recognize our higher self. We are more than our body or our, you know, organs or our mind. We are more than that, our higher self. That is what is the awareness, I think, is. We are beyond that. No, absolutely, Sonali, well said. And Rajan, you know, I'll tell you my, my personal application, right? I had not... I had not thought like this till I read the Gita properly. 
okay here is how i was thinking before and here, here is how i thought i think now okay uh, for some strange reason i do not know why for several years i had this idea that i'm going to die at 74 okay i had this idea that i'm going to die at 74 so all the time i was thinking how do i do quote unquote n number of things in my big bucket list which keeps on growing within that 74 years you get my point what i'm saying 24 years more that's all we have i have okay but the moment i understood this a few years back okay no longer that number is bothering me anymore even if i croak this moment i'm okay that's liberation in my view that's happiness for me because i'm not stressed by what i'm not doing you see suddenly the uh, uh, the way that I've applied this knowledge in my life has helped me. Do you get the sense? you get the drift or am I just kind of, you know, talking crap here? No, that's a great point, Rajesh. Uh, that's, that's exactly the kind of thing I've been thinking about as to how do you apply what we are reading to daily life. And I think this is a great example. So thanks for sharing. This is awesome. Uh, yeah, one more thing in terms of application. This is something that uh, I, 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 I've been um, trying to see how to uh, how to put it in 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 words and in, in fact uh, and writing it down. But um, we'll realize that as as we go deeper, you know, when we say we we, we use the term happiness in a very um, in a certain way, right? We we say we are happy. Right uh, when we do certain things and stuff like that, but at some level, if you were to uh, clearly analyze what is happiness and what is that feeling of happiness, where does it come from? Um, you will realize that it you are happiness in the sense as we go deeper and deeper and peel the layers of this uh, uh, off from body, mind, and and then intellect, and then go beyond that. Happiness actually lies beyond that, and what we are doing in in this process of understanding is that when we start owning that thing or whatever that thing is that that lies beyond the mind, we become happiness because that is the nature of that thing, right? So it's it's coming from there. It, it's like uh, so again, a metaphor is useful here. Um, again, going back to Rajesh's metaphor of the lake, which is uh, uh, used in multiple contexts. Let's say there is a light at the bottom of the lake, right? And then the lake is currently muddy, and then there are a lot of waves on the surface of the lake. Obviously, the light is dispersed when you look from the top, and you can't see anything. You can't see the light. It's dispersed. But let's say you let the sediments kind of settle down. Now, at some point, the lake has become more, uh, the water has become more pure. And then the waves also settle down at the top of the lake. Or the surface of the lake, the light can be clearly seen. It's like a laser beam shooting out, right? So, in the same way, if you are able to kind of still the mind and reach that level where we are able to connect with whatever it, that thing is beyond the mind, then we we, we derive its happiness and we we get that, right? So that's the uh, uh, because the mind settles down and uh, the rest of um, uh, the things that come with it settle down. So Rahul uh, Rajan's uh, point uh, earlier saying 
what is even though we are doing all these things there still seems to be a lot of struggle a lot of suffering a lot of uh, but at the same time when you are doing that you feel very happy and very uh, uh, very much at peace and calm and so on while somebody is guiding you through this meditative process and then you come out and after a few minutes or a few hours then it just becomes normal again and you know we start getting into the usual routine again right of of whatever it is that we do so but it's good to understand that when we are able to see this even for a little bit of time what is it that's giving you that happiness in that state if you analyze that um, again uh, that will uh, start to give some kind of solution there so we are five minutes past one hour slot i can give spend another five more minutes simpler, i can give another simpler analogy like talk about this earlier in one of our classes also this example suppose i have pain in my hand okay i can be caught up with it that oh my hand is hurting i'm and be very agonized about it but if you you know think that i am not what my hand is and detach yourself from that then you can go to a state of mental happiness a state of happiness where you can be happy or you can have your peace of mind or calmness without bothering that you have pain in your hand i think you know that's what it is being detached from your body yet and not be agonized or not be you know constantly thinking about it but being separate from that and you know it's like and be happy even though you have certain ailment in your body i mean this is something i i feel can be very well applied in our day to day life well said sonali alpana you had something yeah so, uh, great explanations you know everybody's given rajan coming back to your question of uh, why sadguru does it in this way that i am not the body and i am not the mind actually that is what we are that that's, that's what was this that's the book that's the chapter So there are two ways of doing it. One is uh, you introduce the concept and then you explain it later. Or, you know, so even in science, when we were young, we were told certain things. This is like this. This is like this. Without, because initially we may not be able to comprehend. Like we are struggling with, with that explanation. Even in this chapter now, after reading so many of the things, so he's introduced that, and. i think the beauty of all this is what i think a lot of them were referring to was once the mind quietens this knowledge will dawn so it cannot be taught by words it has to be experienced and what he is doing beautifully is just keep repeating i am not the mind i am not the body your mind will at least look for that experience and eventually people have just attained self realization by dhyan method so there are so many types of methods see some of us because we we went to the college maybe it's a it's an it, it's our conditioning of mind that we have to learn it we have to read it we have to get a lot of you know theory behind it to accept it there are people who are simpler than us who you say they will believe it and they will realize it Actually, much faster than any of us. 
it's a great way and it's like presenting different options and at least you know thousand who are practicing that meditation will be few who will just get it just by repeating the statement i am not the mind i am not the body so i think that's what i'm trying to do no so, my 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 methods for different people yeah my whole issue of, the whole issue of bringing this discussion was see we are uh, somewhat if not the most learned somewhat learned people here discussing the topic how a, a common man and an uneducated man must be you know perceiving this whole thing about awareness what we are talking and how it must be you know helping him in which way you know faith uh, helps a lot but if you are able to accept it without questioning it right. it is actually a much easier path much easier path we we try to break it down through logic and we want to see that uh, uh, you know but yes uh, faith in this case right faith in the teacher and faith in the teachings is what is going to help them i think i can also uh, compare it with how when we raise uh, you know when we are a child when we are children we pretty much believe and take everything that an adult especially our parents tell us unconditionally we just accept it if they say it's dangerous yes it's dangerous if they say you can climb this thing sure you can climb it and that is what just keeps us going but as we grow older we develop our own sense of perception logic rationale views and all that and that makes us then question doubt debate and everything else that wants us to have our own understanding of what a certain statement is and i think that's that transition so my under, my feeling whenever we have a guru who tells you something you initially have that faith that yes they are the all knowing the all understanding and so we just accept it but what they're trying to do is they want us to start our journey by just accepting and then being they want us to question as to why they're saying it because i do believe that a true guru will want you to be that inquirer will want you to be that questioner who's going to you know maybe challenge that thought of whatever they have laid down to you and only then can you have clarity of what they are trying to tell you ultimately they might have broken it down into very simplistic terms in the beginning of i'm not the mind i'm not the body but he doesn't want you to just accept that forever he wants you to question what is it that you want but that you might not attain at any point because your faith will maybe take us down to only a certain level or up to a certain level and then after that maybe there'll be some of us who reach different levels at some other point in time I all right that's really that uh, is, got that or not but that is awesome and uh, and i think you know uh, all of us are talking about only one thing which is faith and you know i just want to conclude that part of the discussion because the 11 minutes passed by saying that you know we have faith in our parents that they are our parents because they have told us so <laughs> okay so it's faith runs it so you got to you got to have that faith initially and then go forward with it and kishor uh, to your point one last thing next yeah go ahead can we chapter uh, is maybe no no it, it, it's very very difficult to say that we have concluded this discussion because it's yeah. so deep and it will take many many more i think sessions to conclude this so can Once. we at least say 
that uh, it is all uh, 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 this whole the thing around you know who am i is only to uh, 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 lead us to a, a point where you become more self aware of something of yourself absolutely yes your vision about yourself yes okay. so guys that brings me to the question are we going to repeat the same chapter 5 next fortnight or do we go forward what do you guys think we should do i we think in this, in this in this times of quarantine i mean we can have every second or third day this session here <laughs> <laughs> i like your idea but let's keep it 15 days because i really feel that you know we need to think through we need to think and we need to read and think and you know analyze before you know, although it's four five pages I feel it's got a lot of value in uh, spending time by ourselves and then using the group chat as a means of questions. You know, I tried to trigger some discussions by asking quizzes and all that, and uh, it's not it's not a lot of work for me. But sometimes it gets really hard to make those quiz questions. But you know, I encourage you guys also to ask the quiz questions or at least ask quiz questions. So it's, it makes my job a little easier. Nice. Okay. So here is what I I would suggest. Uh, I think. the next chapter we should go to the next chapter because the next chapter is probably a logical break to one part of gita so for the next uh, for the next uh, uh, next next session we will do chapter 6 but trust me when you go to chapter 6 you'll come back to chapter 5 chapter 4 chapter 3 you'll come back again okay so rajan to your point you know it'll have multiple sessions don't worry about it okay we will have that multiple sessions for sure okay All right. So uh, introducing me to this, yeah. All right. So I think uh, we are done uh, for the day today, and we probably will conclude with our prayer again, and uh, meet again after fifteen days. Right. Yeah. We'll start the prayer. Sahanavato, sahanaubhunatu. सहवीर्यमस्तमस्तमस्तमस्तमस्तमस्तमस्तमस्तमस्तमस्तमस्तमस्तमस्तमस्तमस्तमस्तमस्तमस्तमस्तमस्तमस्तमस्तमस्तम